0: Dude, this is the first time I've been sick in about five years, five or six years. Uh, Last time I was sick was March 2015. I was on my way down to a cruise with Jennifer Goner and uh, flew into Florida and I was, it like leveled me for 24 hours and that was the last time I was sick. Mm -hmm. But by the time I got on the boat, I was good. So I haven't been sick since pre-COVID,
1: like from pre-COVID to when he started kindergarten this past August. Wasn't sick one time. Anyway, uh, cool episode we just (laughs) recorded. Yeah. Um, So it's Halloween Eve. And uh, and we got
0: to chat with Nate got to chat with Nate and I got to chat with, uh, Julie and, uh, both are really, really interesting people. Uh, Mm -hmm. what did you come away from this conversation you had? Um,
1: I think the biggest thing is, um, I I really appreciated Nate's level of skepticism that, you know, he was, he, you know, he wasn't coming out and saying, "Look, guys, look, this is all real. This is all. Look at this, you know. I've seen this, and I've seen this, and I've seen this. <laughs> is you know, it, it, if that were how he approached it, it'd be easy to go, okay, buddy. Yep, you're you're looking for the, you know. Nate's approach is very skeptical, um, and very, you know, agnostic about things. He's not. He's yeah. not saying, look. I've got it figured out. Here's the answer. He's saying, you know, he, here's evidence that I've seen and here's, you know, what I'm looking at. You make a choice about what you think that is. And I think that's, that's a powerful way to approach it because it, it shows a lot of humility. Um, it shows, you know, it shows that, shows that he's really looking and, trying and searching, trying to figure out what things mean, which is what this is all about, which is what our show is all about. Yeah. Um, So I really like that.
0: Well, I mean, and Julie was the same way. I mean, she, um, I mean, every time somebody called her, called them to go into a place to investigate, it first was, (laughs) okay, (laughs) what medicine are you on? You know, what medications have you (laughs) taken? All the questions that Nate had, she's first a skeptic. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to prove to her, what's going on. And so I think we really lucked out with these two interviews that we have. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I mean, the paranormal is so weird. Like I'm an empiricist. Like I place my level of confidence in belief equally to the amount of evidence shown for that thing. That is the way my brain works. And when you, when I come across this weirdness in this life and all of a sudden it throws off what i believe because with new information my opinion changes so if you if i if i have a certain set of beliefs or a certain belief in one thing because of a set of data and then all of a sudden new data comes along i have to challenge that belief that i hold and all of this data is coming into me, especially with the propensity that I have for weird, mystical, spiritual experiences. Um, it's strange for me, because now I'm like, I've thrown out all of the, I mean, pragmatic <laughs> beliefs that I have when it comes to, uh, you know, paranormal stuff, like, oh, you know, it's just the wind blowing, or oh, you know, you were just really tired and you thought you saw it. no. This shit is real, and I have no idea what it is.
1: Hmm.
0: And that's what I said. So
1: it makes me think about, like, um, all the times we, like, and we tell a little bit of one of these stories in the episode. I won't spoil it, but there were a lot of nights that you and I were in that youth building playing ping pong, listening to Jason Upton, um, (laughs) you know, feeling the spirit of God move. And there was like, there was no doubt that there was a, there was something happening. Yeah. And I think now my brain leans more toward, I was looking for an experience and, and probably manifesting an experience, you know, based on, based on what I wanted to see and what people around me saw, wanted to see and talked about. And, you know, and, well, what do you think that was? Do you think the spirit of God was moving through us or do you, you know, or do you think that, like, what was that?
0: Well, I believe, I, I think we believed the spirit of God was moving through us. Uh-huh. Um, and our belief, did it create that? I don't know. I do know that uh, you remember Jesse Simmons, me and him were in the youth building one late night uh, and we were praying. And, uh, dude, I, th- this is as real as it gets for me. I mean, see, but I put this in the same category as the paranormal stuff. Like, I, um, I was, I had this, this experience that um, was me and Jesse were praying and I felt like there were demons outside of the building, mm-hmm. like circling around. And I was like, Jesse, I feel, and I told him, I was like, I feel like there's demons outside. And he said, we need to cast the demons out. And I was like, oh, cast them out or what? Like, I didn't even know. I was like, okay, okay. And he starts going to town and he's like, in the name of Jesus, and he said at one time, name of Jesus, both doors opened from the inside and flung, it. and it was those, you know, you remember those doors you had to push the, the lever in the front, they latched. <laughs> they were both latched from the inside both flung open completely open and like this massive gust of wind went through the building and like threw papers up and everywhere and like it it fucking freaked us out like we left <laughs> like straight up we were like this is too much
1: <laughs> in the name of jesus i'm getting the fuck out of we here we were
0: out of there and i remember we, i went straight to uh paul's paul Silvis's, and he was and like we, we told him what happened i don't think he even like processed how fucking scary that! I think what it was it was we just realized we were dabbling in something that was much bigger than us. But also, what was that? Was that a part of the paranormal experience? Was that a part of the mm. ghosts, or was that something entirely different? You know. <laughs> Like, did I just make up the idea that there were demons outside and because my brain went to that, it created the experience that we had? I mean, would that have existed if I wasn't there? That's my question.
2: Hmm.
1: Well, we get into this and so much more. Uh, in today's episode. <laughs> in today's episode, which is which is a cracking, spooky good time.
0: It really is. Happy motherfucking Halloween, dude.
1: Yeah, and happy mustache day.
0: Dude, your mustache is killing. Thanks, man. Jess doesn't like it. Well, you're rapidly approaching No Shave November, so it's only going to get meaner and thicker. Yep.
1: And by No Shave November, I'm going to be shaving all of this. <laughs>
0: I'm doing this bad that. motherfucker right here. Yes. You see that? It's going to be a, a new a new logo. I'm going to add a mustache to it.
1: I mean, look at that thing.
0: <laughs> it's nice, dude. It's powerful. All right. Well, enjoy, All right. enjoy today's episode. Thank you for coming on. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself and a little bit about your history? Because you oh boy. <laughs> have a, a dense history in the paranormal field. I
3: definitely do. Um, I, my name is Julie Rathsack, and I grew up in a haunted house, <laughs> which is where a lot of this comes from. <laughs>
0: you grew up in a haunted house? I grew up in
3: a haunted house, and they followed me
0: they, uh, from like house they? to house.
3: Yes, they.
0: Okay, hold on. We're gonna, There's so many side questions here. Okay. <laughs> I know.
3: I, you can talk to me for hours. <laughs> okay,
0: so you grew up in a haunted house. I did. Did you feel like when you were growing up that these... Uh, do you, what, what do you call them? Do you call them ghosts? Do you call them...
3: I call them spirits, <laughs> ghosts, whatever. I mean,
0: these spirits, they weren't attached to the house?
3: They seemed to be at the time. Um, I think a lot of the issues I have these days is when i go out because i'm also in a paranormal investigating group uh known as the west michigan ghost hunter society so you're you're
0: still involved absolutely wow
3: and we go out at least once a month and we're doing very cool places with the group i joined them back in 2003 and we have i mean we've done some really cool things we've done many different jails that have been closed Um, We were actually hired by the Coast Guard to do some work for a haunted lighthouse they had up north in the UP. Pass. Um, (laughs) Pass. I feel like there is some,
0: there's some things that like if they came, (laughs) even if I was involved, they're like, hey, we're going to go, we're going to go investigate a lighthouse. I'd be like, pass. I'm going to go to the next one. That's way (laughs) too scary for me.
3: Yeah. That was a pretty cool one. They had a, they had a little girl in that place that kept showing up and we actually in the middle of the investigation caught a wet little footprint
1: what
3: yeah and there was no explanation whatsoever for it really yeah but that's completely side story (laughs) i grew up in a haunted house with six brothers and sisters um i honestly believe that a lot of the paranormal activity that i came upon was brought upon by the there was a lot of teenage angst in the house. Hmm. You know, I think that that has a lot to do with it.
0: Are you Midwest? Midwest grown up? Yes. Yep. I'm Here in Michigan. Born and
3: raised in Grand Rapids, yeah. Grand
0: Rapids, Michigan. Yes. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Well, people all over the world are listening to this. Cool. So uh, the Midwest is, I feel like it's riddled with Absolutely. a lot of paranormal activity in the U.S. almost more than other places.
3: I would disagree. <laughs> really disagree. I, I really would. I think it's everywhere. It's think absolutely it's, everywhere. So it's ubiquitous. Absolutely.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I just I always hear the stories about like Connecticut and
3: mm-hmm. you know,
0: up in the northeast and stuff. Yeah,
3: we just had a newspaper article in the Grand Rapids Press like a week ago talking about how Michigan is the most haunted state. And I'm just sitting there rolling my eyes. Really? I think every state claims that at some point. <laughs> you know, like, whatever you want to go with, people. That's actually <laughs> probably
0: true. So, so do you have, like, a story from when you were a kid that sticks out? Like, like you, you, you know your house is haunted, mm-hmm. yep. um, you know, and all the stories. But, like, the the one that stands out, like, that is the definitive story. You're like, oh, absolutely. my gosh.
3: Uh, Absolutely. Um, basically, well, there's, there were several different things, but there was always a voice calling mama at the bottom of the steps. Like we had, a upstairs, downstairs, um, double her bi-level. I don't know what you'd call it. Yeah. Uh, and my mom would be upstairs and she would always hear someone yell mama and she'd be like, what? You know, it wasn't me. And she was the only other person in the house that would experience this thing like I did. Um, at one point in time we would hear just crying in the kitchen and there was what? absolutely nobody around. We had an old, old man who lived next door, you know, so it didn't come from his house. It was just completely unexplainable. There was a time that I remember, I was extremely anal, <laughs> I still am, <laughs> 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 with details and I had a Papa's on chair that, you know, I had like my teddy bears on the right and the dolls on the left and I was probably about 10 years old at this time. And I remember putting, I walked into my room and a teddy bear was on the floor and I picked it up and I put it in the chair. And that thing was not going anywhere. It literally reclined in this chair. Turn the light out and I crawl into bed and not even like a minute later, my mom comes upstairs. And she's like, you know, can I turn the light on? And she's like, I got out your basket of laundry. And I'm like, sure. So she turns the light on and that stuffed animal and that little bit of time had gone from one side of the chair to the other side of the chair. What? And later on, I found it on the floor again. It's like something was always playing with this this teddy bear. That,
0: that little bear.
3: Yeah. And then I, I remember when I was in college, so this probably would have been about, my goodness, I'm going to date myself here. <laughs> probably about 1994. Um, and I was getting home, and I remember having my arms full with all these books and I was walking into the, trying to get into the house, and we had a glass front door. And I'm like banging on the door for somebody to let me in because I couldn't find my house key. Hmm. And I saw an apparition, or what I thought was just a normal person, walking from the bottom of our steps, inside the living room, through the living room, into the dining room. And I remember thinking, what a jerk, why aren't you they you know, opening the door for me?
0: Was this at the same house?
3: This was at our house on Capen Street, Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm like cussing, you know, <laughs> banging at the door, finally find my key up. I dropped my books on the, on the front porch and just was basically pissed off you know. and slamming, you know, got the door open. And when I was on the porch, the, the TV was on as well. And the light next to the door was on. And as soon as I walked in that door, the light was off. There was absolutely nobody in the house. And we what? lived on a corner, so you could see if there was a driveway. You could see if anybody was leaving. There was nobody in the house. And then if you remember back in the day, you may not. I don't know how old you are. But when you turned off the TVs back in the day, there'd be a little dot. Yeah, in the of middle course. Of the
0: TV. They kind of, they shut off from the outside in. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And that <laughs> dot was still on the TV. So
0: it had just, just turned off.
3: off. Mm-hmm. Um... There was another time where we did a Ouija board upstairs. Okay. Okay. (laughs) This was was asking for trouble. Because I'll tell you what, I I always say I'm not scared of the Ouija board. I understand it's like, you know, leaving your front door unlocked in Detroit. I get it. (laughs) You don't know who's walking in. I was
0: was talking to someone Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that I was thinking about having on, and she wanted to do a live podcast (laughs) while doing the Ouija board. And I was like, that could make for a really great podcast (laughs) or it could make for like me just screaming and running out of the room (laughs) because I don't know how I was raised. So I was raised completely. I I was raised in like deeply fundamentally religious Mm -hmm. to where... Um, I mean, every ghost is Satan trying to, you know, like (laughs) trick you or hurt you. It was all like, it was, it was this, but it was very polarizing good versus evil, Mm -hmm. Satan versus, you know, God and this and that. Mm -hmm. And I'm realizing it's probably a lot more complex than that, uh, later on in my life. Mm -hmm. So the idea of a Ouija board is scary. (laughs) It's intriguing to me. Yeah. And so, like, I'm dabbling in the idea. What would you, rec- would you recommend doing that live on a
3: podcast?
0: <laughs> would you do it
3: live on a podcast? I'd do it, but I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, get off on, on seeing things. Oh, so, man. You know, when when I when I experience these things, I'm terrified oh, while man. it's happening. But not even five minutes later, I'd be like, oh, damn, I wish I could see that again. You know, it's, like, oh. it's so cool. So I tend to set myself up for failure. <laughs> Let's Um, see,
0: I just just sold my house, mm -hmm. and actually you did too. Yeah, I did. We're both closing on the same day tomorrow, which is pretty cool. Can you
3: hear the angels sing? (laughs) I can. (laughs) And some ghosts. Take that double mortgage away, I know, right? (laughs) Bye-bye.
0: I was, we were trying to find a location to do it, and I was like, we should do it in my old house, Mm. or in the house I just sold, which for the record, that place is 100 percent haunted holy cow i i won't tell you all the stories i the first night i moved in it was like back in january i moved in and i moved into the basement and um i'm aware. I, I I feel like some people are more aware probably than other people. Absolutely. I'm definitely aware of the spiritual world of mm-hmm. all the things that are going on. And I was, I, I got into bed and it was almost instant on the first night. It sounded like people were running around upstairs. And I mean, this wasn't light, like yeah. stomping. And I was freaking out. I thought somebody was breaking in. Mm-hmm. And I went upstairs like three different times there's no one up there. I heard people talking. It felt like the house was, like, breathing. It was very strange. For the eight months I lived there, it was the entire time. I'm so glad to be out of there.
3: What year was that house built?
0: 64. Oh, nice. And it was uh, the only, the the people that built it lived there until they died, And they Very both cool. they both died there. So um I, I have no idea if, if that was them or if it was other. It sounded I mean they were getting my attention and they <laughs> they got it 100. <laughs> um and it was hard to fall asleep for the first couple of weeks. Then you get used yeah. to it and you're you just do like, you do. So I guess the that leads me to a question. Do you feel like any of these experiences that you've had, um, are any of these uh, spirits ghosts? Are they are they harmful? Are they are they trying to hurt people?
3: I have had my hair pulled. Really? I uh, was at a movie theater. Um, and that was about the only negative thing I've had, except for feelings that I've had.
0: Really? And did, did it hurt you, or do you think it was just trying to get your attention? I think it
3: was just trying to get my attention. It wasn't like a full pull yank. <laughs> it's it's just...
0: strange you say the hair, because my mom had the same experience in a house we lived in 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 Eaton Rapids. She okay. said she said she was in the kitchen and she felt um, somebody pull her hair and mm-hmm. there was no one there.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, we were actually called in to investigate the movie theater because they were having so many issues. And I was standing on the steps, starting to walk down. The upstairs was supposed to be the most active area. And as I was walking down, I felt a big yank on my hair. And I was alone in the building because everybody was outside. Like We hadn't even started the investigation yet. Ugh. So everybody was outside getting the gear, you know, starting carrying the cases. Ugh. So that was a little uh, irritating, you know, upsetting. I don't know what the word I'd, I'd be looking for. You know, it just kind of catches you off guard more than anything.
0: I don't know what so. I would do. <laughs> <laughs> I would scream and run.
3: You know, I remember this was many moons ago. And it's, this is, again, going to date me. But you remember the movie *The Breakfast Club*? Everybody of knows the movie. It was the first night that that movie was on HBO that I saw my first face of a ghost in a window.
0: You saw a face.
3: I saw a face, and it was in it was this again was on Capen Street, and this face had to have been like I don't know, sixteen feet off the ground, floating, what? floating outside the what? window. And I was so upset, and I remember going into my mom, and I was crying. I was probably like, I don't know, I wonder what year that even came out. Like, 82, maybe, 83? We're going to find out. Right I know, right? we got to find out. Let's See how old I was.
0: What year did The Breakfast Club come out? Siri's going to tell us.
3: Inquiring minds want to know.
0: I know. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> Siri sometimes doesn't work.
3: <laughs> of course not.
0: 1985.
3: Um, 85. Okay, I would have been 10 years old then. And I still remember sitting, I was laying on the couch because I refused to go upstairs after I saw it. And I remember my mom getting so mad at me because I was literally sobbing and like having a fit because I didn't want to be alone. And she was missing the breakfast club. (laughs) You know, she heard good things about this movie. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And yeah, and I actually years later found a, found a picture of something that resembled what I saw. And it absolutely still will give me chills to this day when I look at this photo. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So... No, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> pretty. I can pull it up, but obviously they can't put it see in the it sh- out there. Can, can, so,
0: can I put it in the show notes? Oh, absolutely! Awesome. All right, absolutely. so check out the show notes on yeah. Podbean um, or on Apple iTunes. Uh, if you are, it won't be in Spotify. So, if you listen to Spotify, <laughs> go to Apple iTunes and yeah. check out the show notes. Yeah. Um, so, so now you have. Oh yeah, you're gonna pull it up. Go ahead, pull that. Pull that picture. it's it's gonna give you chills right now, isn't it? <laughs> it
3: probably will. And that's if I can find it right away. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, we had so many weird things happen at that house. Let's see, I can look for that later. I don't want to hold you up here all day. But um, so many things happened at that house. And one of the weirdest things I can remember is every morning before I left for school, I had to catch the bus and every morning I stood at the bottom of the steps going upstairs and there's a gigantic floor-length mirror. And I'd brush my hair and I'd yell up to my mom, okay, mom, I'm leaving. And one night, or one night, one morning, as I'm standing down there brushing my hair, I was just about to yell, you know, okay, Mom, I'm leaving. And I hear my voice say it. What? And she, she's like, okay, I'll see you after work. So she heard Oh, this that's voice. so creepy. And it ended up happening again, where my friend was supposed to come over. And I'm like, just come upstairs when you get to the house, because she lived across the street. And I was upstairs hanging out in my bedroom. And this was probably like two months later. And I'm waiting for, her, waiting for. her. Finally, I'm getting pissed off. I go downstairs thinking is the back door locked? What the hell's taking her so long? And I go downstairs and she's sitting in our den watching TV. And I'm like, What the hell are you doing here? You know, why didn't you come upstairs? Because you told me to wait for you.
1: Oh, <laughs> I that's tell her to weird. wait for me.
3: <laughs> so yeah, my I oh, had weird. several people that did not like spending the night at my house growing up. And then I got married and moved out and. Good old Dave, you know him. <laughs> but he uh, so how
0: does so how does your husband feel about? He all thinks it's
3: all a bunch of malarkey. Really, so but he, it's great because he experiences things. So at our so last so he experiences house, it, but absolutely. then he also discredits it in his brain. Oh, he thinks we're all full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> I I literally I'm like my my group that I hang out with we're we're like family you know we've been together for so long. And it's to the point where, it's like, I, I don't let Dave come with us anymore. Because really? he likes, you know, you've seen my husband. What, sure. You know, big man. You know, and he loves to hide around corners and jump out and yell, boo. Oh,
0: I don't like so. that. <laughs> I would be on, because I don't jump easy, real easy, but I would be on edge.
3: Yeah. I yeah. feel like I would
0: just jump at everything.
3: The la- the last house we just sold, um, we had a, you know, he thinks we're full of, of crap. And we're, we're sitting on the couch, and all of a sudden, we see the screen door open up and then we he knows he had come in and he locked the door behind him the main door the main door you can hear the lock churn and the door open the doorknob open door swings open and shuts again and dave just looks at me and i just looked at him and i'm like what there's no such things as ghosts <laughs> you know? and he's just like how the hell do you explain that i'm like you tell me because you're the one that thinks that it's you know a bunch oh of crap my gosh. so yeah so we've had quite a few things and
0: so you you gave tours for a little while
3: Oh, we've, yeah, yeah, our, my book, my book, I co-wrote a book, um, with my buddies, Rob and Nicole. Ghost of um, Grand Rapids. Yep. Duchaine. yep. We, we, uh, came out with Ghosts of Grand Rapids. I met Nicole in 2003. I had actually won a, uh, contest with WSNX where you probably a lot of people don't remember this but there used to be a show called Fear I
0: I 100% remember it and I'm pissed that they took it down because it was so
3: good it was such a bunch of shit I don't (laughs) don't care I don't know if I can swear but it was a bunch of baloney man
0: first of all I fucking love that (laughs)
3: Okay, now we'll get along even better. I know.
0: <laughs> and second of all, don't tell me yeah. that shit because that yeah. I loved that show. Like yeah. it scared me so bad. I mean, I it was know, so set up. I know, it, I know that, but like I just I wanted to live in that fear. And I did
3: as well. I did as well. So I, I had put in a application and basically there's a place in Sagatuck known as the Fault Mansion. And this place is supposed to be like super haunted. And I ended up winning the contest to spend the night there, and if oh, I God. survived, you know, we were gonna win all these prizes, you know, tickets, concerts, and CDs, and all this stuff. And that's where I ended up meeting Nicole, and we both totally you, were about Grand Rapids ghost stuff.
0: Did you spend the night in the
3: place? Oh yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, you, yeah. You can't just pass by that bit of information.
0: <laughs> did, did anything happen?
3: Oh, tons of things happened. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, in the middle I'm, of doing the Ouija board. I'll bring this one up to you. You I'm, did
0: a Ouija board in the most haunted, haunted
3: house. house. Yes. And oh. it was actually, they had a, a Michigan prison on the same grounds. Oh my gosh. Because Michigan State had owned it. Um, and they had a, a minimal security prison, but it was not, it was not very good. And as we're in the middle of doing the Ouija board, all of a sudden a dead blackbird falls from the, <laughs> from the ceiling. What? Yeah. we That place was off the chain, but it's, you know i've been there more recently and i honestly just don't feel the same vibes that it used to have interesting so, when i went there the first night i don't even think the fire department would have let us have that if they knew what <laughs> it would have, There were boards on every window i mean oh my god! they didn't do any restoration now it looks like this beautiful mansion you know just completely updated not updated but upgraded <laughs> if you had the chance to live in a place like that would you Oh hell yes. Really? Oh, hell yes. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Yep. I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could <laughs> do it. You did it if you were in a
0: house last Oh I was okay, you one, did it. I you was forced. Two, I felt like they weren't I feel like that these spirits that I encountered, I didn't I didn't get any like
3: Not malevolent. No, I felt mm-hmm. like
0: they were they were just co occupying mm-hmm. it with yep. me.
3: Yep. Yeah.
0: I just wish they wouldn't keep me up all night. Like, if they could have made that racket during the day, it would yeah. have been great.
3: You know, I had a, one of the stories I'd heard about downtown is there was a ghost in Heritage Hill over here. And she would actually do people's dishes. I'm like, why can't I get that lady yeah, over that. here? Please. Here's a mop. I know, right? Get to work.
0: So, but. why do you feel like the activity level of spiritual... Things happens more at night than during the day.
3: I don't necessarily think it does. It
0: doesn't. Are we I just more that, keen to? I think it?
3: we're more keen to it. I mean, if you got the lights out and you see a light go by your eyes, you're gonna be like, "Holy crap, what's that?" You I know? guess. But I guess
0: we are winding down more at night. We're yes. quieter at night. Yep.
3: Oh, Me and one of we, my my buddy Brad, who's in our group, he's always of the just leave the lights on. You know, when we investigate. But I'm always like, "No, shut them off." Shut them off. <laughs> 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 I like. And I mean, I guess it is a little bit of that thrill. But it's like I also feel like. I consider myself sensitive with everything that I've experienced. And it's like, it's almost like it helps me hone in more. Ooh. Like I can just get in more in tune with what's around me. Cause I'm not as distracted by looking at what's there. Yeah.
0: Do you have any, do you have any stories from your tours that surprised you?
2: We
3: or
0: ones that stand out where you're like, we've
3: had a couple
0: anticipating
3: that to happen. Yeah, we have had a couple where you know people take pictures, and I'm one of those people. If I don't see it right in front of me, I'm just like, yeah, it's probably explainable. Sure, <laughs> I still am. Um, but we've had it, you know, pictures taken of me where one person got uh, I was telling the story of Edith, um, from over at the there's a church over on Fulton Street and i had gotten the story i, I was Risk catholic myself uh and when i was starting to work downtown i went to jc cc GRCC, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it now um and when i was down there i literally when i was walking by buildings would stop by and be like i'm just curious what it looks like you know and i'd just kind of go in and oh, say hey so you creepy. know cool building you know you ever hear anything And I got tons of ghost stories. I've got like notebooks filled with stories that I collected over the years. And I'm just, I always knew I was going to write a book on ghosts for Grand Rapids. And uh, that was one of the places that I had gone into was the church. And I asked this lady, you know, I walked in there and frankly, I was terrified to go into a church and say, hey, you guys got ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I did. And it ended up going very well because they're like, well, you should meet this, you know, this lady. And they introduced me to the historian of the place. And she ended up telling me about how back in the 1960s, they had a, a young adult group, I guess you would say, um, where they just invited the, the youth in the in the church to come in for a night just to meet you know they were mainly in like their late teens and early 20s -hmm. and somebody had decided that it was a good idea to bring the ouija board when it uh was released so uh she said that they sat down in the parlor and put their hands on it and they're like is anybody here and it spells out edith e-d-y-t-h-e was the spelling Mm. and they're like edith why are you here and she basically said that she had died in the area and she just loved being there. So she just hung out to make sure things were okay. And long story short, Edith is known to haunt the place now. Well, we were um, on the tour and one of the people that took a picture of me saw a woman and she's been described as being very tall. You know, she has her hair and a big brown bun. Uh, wears a brown dress and somebody had taken a picture that looked like a brown dress like way up it had to have been like 16 feet off the ground behind me because you got the main church doors on the you know on the front and it was above that in the windows and we had that there was another time where i tell the story about um the trust building downtown and there was a man who had actually worked there and you know one morning he kissed his wife goodbye said i'll see you later and she said i'll see you at lunchtime lunchtime came and went he had gone to the office said hello like normal went into his office shut the door and his wife calls and she's like i haven't heard anything you know this was in i believe this was 1899 i don't have my my notes in front of me but (laughs) i'm pretty sure that's what it was um his name was niram fletcher and he didn't come home for lunch wife checks up on him the secretary goes to try the door and his office door is locked so they're starting to freak out because he had been acting a little off they you know they send for the uh my gosh the janitor and you know to get a key meanwhile one of his coworkers crawls out the window this is on the fourth floor crawls out the window and sticks his head around the corner to see into his office they see Niram had actually taken a straight razor, slit his throat and was bleeding to death on the couch. And he ended up leaving a suicide note, basically saying he has everything to live for, you know, and he just, he just doesn't want to be a burden to his family because he feels like something's uh. wrong with his body. And, uh, they, long story short, he died. <laughs> I mean, sadly, uh. he was successful. Um, but this room, I had gone into this building many, many years later, uh, and i had not heard about the story at all at this point point. and i had went i worked downtown i had went to deliver a package up on the fourth floor at the trust building and as i was getting out of the elevator i got shoved there was nobody there what so i was kind of freaked out and i walked into the office and i knew the secretary that had worked there you know this was probably about gosh i want to say 2006. And I'm like, here's your package. Well, good luck. I'm taking the steps. <laughs> you know? And, she's like, and hilariously, she goes, you look like you've seen a ghost, which then, of course, made me start laughing. <laughs> and, uh, well, not see. Exactly. <laughs> so I told her about what happened. She's like, no way. She's like, hold on. And she went and got a coworker who came out and told me about how he saw this guy standing in his doorway. And the guy looked completely gaunt. And, you know, he says he was you could he he said he like rose out of the floor. Like a mist and really? looked like a full figure in the doorway, he says. And then almost like somebody snapped their fingers, it was like he was made out of water. It just went and fell to the floor. What? And That's like the
0: stuff you see in movies. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. And he uh, hightailed it out of there, took the steps, ran down and across the street. There's jewelers across the street. And he called up there and he's like, screw you people. Bring me my stuff. I'm not coming back up there. Wow. And I mean, he was just absolutely terrified, you know, and he's telling me the story now. He's like, that happened on a Friday. He goes, by Monday, I'd reset myself. And I'm like, maybe I didn't see what I think I saw. And But we were on the tour one day and we were looking up at the window. I'm always like, you know, look up to the fourth floor corner office. And I'm like, and there's always this one lone light bulb. Now there's a brewery downstairs. Um, so it's like the buildings lit up. But back when we started doing the tours in 2015, there was only one light bulb in the entire building that you could see. And it was in that one room that's oh, known geez. to be haunted. Coincidence? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but we were watching that. And all of a sudden, the entire group saw an orb. And I, I, I giggle when I hear the word orb because I, I've physically seen an orb at my, at my parents' house. I know right. what they look like. I know they exist. But you get all these people with these pictures, I got an <laughs> it's just like, well, whatever, it's dust. 99.999% of the time it's dust, it's or bug. bug, it's yeah. mildew, it's pollen, it's whatever, you know. But we all just sat there and watched this ball about the size of a softball, just fly around the room and literally went through the wall and came off the other side of really? the wall. And you could see it through there. So like everybody was freaking out that night, but.
0: Oh, that's wild. That's
3: probably like the main thing that we've seen oh. physically as a group. That's a,
0: that's pretty dense. See, I don't know what I would do with that information.
3: (laughs) That's a lot to take (laughs) in. Well,
0: I, I, you know, more than anything else, I'm an empiricist. Mm -hmm. So I base my level of confidence of my belief in the level of evidence shown. Mm -hmm. And if someone were to bring me substantial evidence that counters anything that I currently believe, I change my belief system. Mm. Like with new information, my opinion changes. That's one of the ethos of my life. So if I come across a floating damn orb (laughs) that's going through walls, I'm starting to unravel all of the principles that I know Mm -hmm. to be true in life. Yeah. And it falls into this category of... I have no fucking idea what <laughs> is going on I don't either
3: you know people are always like why do you think coast? I, I don't freaking know any more than you do I'm just guessing <laughs> you
0: know? but you have I mean, a lot honestly, more you have a lot more experience
3: I, I do I do now have you yeah.
0: heard or do you know of anyone that uh, has experienced any like harmful spirits or I mean, I guess like the poltergeist would be yeah, the, the, yeah. the known term. Absolutely. Um, I mean, because we've all seen this, the movies, and, you know, <laughs> and, I mean, th- that's what everyone refers to. The effects to. are
3: never as cool as those movies, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you'll see a spoon drop sometimes,
0: but it's <laughs> that's about it. it. It's just
3: not this big white monster coming out the we Well,
0: closet. see, <laughs> that, that, that's what I've always uh, deduced is. Ninety, I mean, I, I, almost every time it's mm-hmm. if something happens at all, it's a small movement in this physical world that yeah. we know, and you know pulling of the hair, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. It's never like they are, you know, m- manifesting a doll and slitting your throat, you know, it's exactly. Uh, yeah. so, but ha- have you heard any stories of ones that are aggressive or mean? I or... definitely
3: have. Um a couple of the inv- investigations that we've gone on. um some people are actually believing that it could potentially be demonic you know i watch a lot of these ghost shows even though i think they're I know, majority i know some of the people you know so uh, i don't know if you've ever seen the haunted collector i don't think so it's like there's just, you know the there's just so many cool people that's john zaffis and he is actually the nephew of the warrens i don't know if you've heard of the warrens before but they're like known as being the the main ghost hunters back in the day mm and some people think that they're you know they weren't real some people do but i met john i've hung out with john that is the real dude you know? and if he hung out with them then i believe everything that they say you know just because i know that john wouldn't bs us about it right and he has dealt with things in like i've just come across so many Things during our investigations, we've had, you know, people getting slapped. Um, At one point in time, there was this little girl that we were talking to, and she kept saying that, you know, she was seeing all this ghostly, you know, just terrifying ghosts outside of her door in her bedroom. It turned out to be her younger brother. Screwing (laughs) with her. You know, so it's like, even when you hear these horrible stories, we're still kind of a little bit skeptic on what it could be, but... You know, we we have had stories from people that tell us that, you know, their kids are being tormented and terrified. And um, I have seen some of these children where you can tell that something is affecting them. Hmm. You know, is it paranormal or is it the parents getting into their head that there's something paranormal? (laughs) I don't know. You know, and we do, we'll do investigations. But, you know, them living there day in, day out, 24 hours a day, seven days a week you see a hell of a lot more than when we're there for six hours at night. You know, it's, of it's hard to, you know, so we don't ever say Noah's place isn't haunted because could be could be, you know, it just didn't happen to be active while we were there.
0: What does so, an investigation typically look like when you go in?
3: When we go in, we usually do a lot of research prior to going in. Uh, we will interview the, the family or the business, whatever calls us in, you know, find out what kind of uh, events they've been having happening. And we will then, I am like the historian of the group where I just start digging into all the the dirty little details. I like get like, oh my gosh, it's like going down a rabbit hole. I get so excited. (laughs) You know, it's like just finding out all these little details. So I start digging into the history, digging into the names of the people who lived there, how they died, where they died. Uh, You know, just trying to pin down anything that could potentially impact what these hauntings are having happening do
0: you find correlation between people that lived at the places and have died and the ghost level activity
3: i have not i mean i've been to places where i know for a fact that many people have died in homes and there's absolutely no activity
0: and then the inverse too exactly interesting so it's kind of roll the dice
3: there's i've been to you know a couple homes where it's a brand new home You know, and they're still having issues. Oh, I
0: don't like that idea. But you don't know what, you know, like this house (laughs)
3: we're sitting in right now, it's like, this used to be farmland. And I just found out the house across the street was actually the servants' quarters. You know, so it's like, you don't know what happened over here and who was in this area at that time. So, who knows? (laughs) It's kind of a big open, uh,
0: (laughs) free for all. Are are most of the time the investigations, are they, like, do you have to deliver News that their place isn't haunted <laughs> is that more than is that more so there, than often?
3: There have been many investigations that we have gone on, you know, where you get people and they'll be like, "Look at this! This is what we captured, and it's a dust orb." Or, sure, you know, and it's it's hard to break their to burst their bubble, you know, and you don't want to be mean or insensitive because they truly believe what they're saying. And right. some people, you can tell them that's nothing, and they're still going to be like, "No, I know it is," you know, right. And, so we're very sensitive when it comes to that. Uh, Your bedside manner is good. Exactly. Exactly. Sure. A lot of the times the way that we kind of word it is, you know, unfortunately we weren't able to catch anything while we were here. You know, but, but we would love to come back is usually what we throw out. If, you know, if you would like to have us, we'd be more than happy. If you Is this a, a
0: service that is charged? Like you have to pay we for do something not. come
3: out? I know that there are some groups that, that do charge, but we do not.
0: Is this an open group? Like anyone can come and join? No, not anymore. <laughs> See,
3: when we started, uh... everything
0: inside me wants to do it, and then also—well, <laughs> if you're friends be... with me,
3: I might bring you along. But then but... also, <laughs> I would,
0: I would be deathly afraid. The I would have these microphones.
3: That'd be a blast. And I'd
0: be like. Ghost, are you there? <laughs> Speaking to the microphone. You never know what
3: it might pick up. Oh,
0: get out of here! I can't handle oh, that. Oh, come
3: on! You got to go <sighs> on <London> something now. <laughs> All
0: right, I'll go on one thing, and I'll I'll, I'll do a follow-up podcast. Yeah. Oh, I'm so I'm nervous thinking about oh, it. Oh my gosh, it's a blast. Oh, jeez, but yeah. it would need you would need to take me to the absolute scariest place. Like, oh boy, like that that place in Saga Tug. It, yeah, would, it would need to be mansion. something. It would need to be something similar to that, mm-hmm. where like I'm questioning my uh, existence.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And also our friendship.
3: Yeah. A very cool place to go would be Bath, Michigan. Have you ever been over there? Yeah, of
0: course. I live right like, like okay. 15 yeah. minutes from
3: yeah. yeah. So you, you know about the school bombing?
0: I do. It's it's like the worst one in history, correct?
3: Absolutely. Yeah,
0: it's like 1917, I want to say 27, but Something I'm not. like that, yeah. It's
3: <laughs> I've got early. numbers always going through my head at this time. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's the the worst school bombing yeah. in history. It was yeah.
0: like a stone's throw from where I live.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I had seen a special on PBS many, many moons ago on it. And one day or the day after I'm like, I'm going to go investigate Get out and of here. this was before all these ghost shows, you know, where every time you turn on travel channel or discovery plus, you know, this stuff didn't exist when, when West Michigan ghost hunters society began, there were four groups in Michigan. There are over a hundred now. Oh, geez. Because you know every little teenager thinks, "Let's pop up with the scare page. Sure. It's super <laughs> and, easy. and more power to them, you know, if yeah. they're if they're taking it seriously. But so many of them are just out there for the thrill, and you know it's yeah not not exactly helping our cause. <laughs> but you know, Bath, Michigan would be a great place to go. I went oh. there, and this was like I said before the the big boost on ghost shows. The police department saw me out in the cemetery at like ten thirty at night. And I told them what I'm doing. They're like, okay, you know, just just <laughs> let us know when you're done. You know, now you go there and they're out trying to kick you oh, out. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: They're like tasing you. Oh, and... yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not so happy about no, it They're not happy
0: about anything these yeah. days.
3: Yeah. yeah, Nunica Cemetery, that's another one that's over, over <sighs> by Grand Haven that was extremely haunted. That's actually where we used to, we had permission from the township to do tours there. And that, oh my gosh, so that was like the early 2000s as well. And we would actually... In return, we would go and we would do the maintenance on the cemetery because they didn't have anybody to do it. Oh, wow. So we'd be out there, you know, cutting the grass and pulling weeds and, and whatnot. And it was great until we started becoming a little too popular because then everybody started sneaking into the cemetery. Oh, jeez! So we ended up, sadly, we lost permission for that because uh. there were so many kids, you know, going on their own. But I remember, issues.
0: I only have one cemetery experience. And, I mean, because I remember when I was in high school, like, me and my best Mm -hmm. friend Nate, were like, oh, we're going to be ghost hunters, you know, (laughs) we didn't know what to do. We were like, I guess we go to a cemetery, right? (laughs) So we went to the cemetery in Charlotte, which is where I graduated high school, and we were running around one of the cemeteries. It was like, I don't know, summer, probably 1996, I can't remember, something like this. Mm -hmm. And we were just running around, and the area had, like, these little hills and this and that, and... Nothing really was happening. You know, of course, we were kids. Mm-hmm. Man, what are you gonna do? Ghost, come here, you know. And I went to the top of this little. It was like a little hill. And there was only a single cemetery at the top of it, and it had a real big headstone. It was like beautiful. And I got to the top, and I felt like this gush of energy, wind, something went from my feet to my head, and I it like took my breath away. And I started screaming and running because I like my brain just couldn't even process that information. Mm-hmm. It was the I, I remember vividly how it felt, and I was like, "Okay, we're not going to go run on anyone else's graves anymore. Let's <laughs> let's get out of here. We don't know what we're doing. We're in over our heads."
3: <laughs> in, in theory, it sounds like something walked through you, or oh. you walked through something. <laughs> oh. That it was my so. Guess, it was
0: so real. <laughs> yeah. that, that was so real. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I was a punk kid, but <laughs> man, oh man, that was very real experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, not recommending anyone do that unless you know what you're doing, or you're with, or you're with the West Michigan Ghost Hunter Society, <laughs> That's right. uh, and have good uh, equipment that can yeah. read that kind of stuff. We
3: got some good stuff.
0: Yeah, no. That's, stuff is that stuff is wild. Yeah. Well, thank you for yeah. coming on and telling you do you do you uh, have any way do you want people to find you or
3: Uh, you can Your book. Oh uh, well, you yeah, the Ghost of Grand Rapids book. I'm Ghost actually working on number Rapids. 2, which will be oh, if it kills me by next spring. <laughs> or at least it'll be in the publisher's hands next spring. Um, I've got it about 3 quarters done. Do so. you have a working title? I'm guessing it's gonna be really. You ready for this? I'm ready. More ghosts from Grand Rapids. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff, right? Took me forever to come up with that. That's
0: now. a solid title. Uh, there's ghosts that. of Grand Rapids, yep. Part Two.
3: And then uh, if they follow us on paranormalmichigan.com, that's where we do a lot of the tours. Uh, Rob, Nicole, and I so that's if we have any tours for grand rapids which we we normally do with um, sadly they're coming to an end very quick here we usually stop in november yeah exactly because they're all outdoor walking tours um they usually take about two hours and they're they're a blast i mean if you love history i i personally got into this with the ghost aspect but as i've gotten older it's it's the historical aspect that gets me That's cool. And our book kind of takes the history and the ghost stories, Hmm. and we kind of figure out how they intertwine. Interesting. So a lot of the ghost hauntings are, in our mind, explained on why they're happening Hmm. because of the history that we came across that kind of matches.
0: Hmm. So. That's really Absolutely. cool. Well, thank yeah. you for taking your time. Yeah, and no Talking about all the weird, crazy things that when this I come world. Up,
3: when I come up with a good place, I'll call you. Oh
0: my gosh. <laughs> like I'm excited and equally terrified because I, I, so I have a good feeling that you're going to. And like a really good I one's going to come up. But it'll be like enough time to where I'll forget about it. Like a few weeks or like a month. Yeah. And you're going to be like... Hey, I got this place, and I won't know what to do (laughs) because I I want to say yes, but also like no, and I will bring this stuff, and I (laughs) just make sure we
3: we leave Dave at home because he'll be jumping out yelling boo at you. I can't handle that. I know. I just can't handle. it I can't either. That's because I live with them. Well, thank you so much.
0: Thanks so much for coming on, man.
2: Yeah, man. Of course. It's no trouble at all.
0: <clears throat> You'll have to forgive me. So I'm, I'm a little sick right now. So I have <laughs> like the lowest voice in all of podcast history.
2: <clears throat> okay. It probably, well, it's sultry. <laughs> it probably yeah, makes for
0: it. really good radio, but I feel, <laughs> I feel terrible right now.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> You'll have to sultry.
1: forgive me because I have two sick kids and a sick wife. <clears throat> so inevitably there's like a 70% chance someone's going to need me in the next hour. So if I just get up and disappear, just go on. <laughs> All right. We'll Pretend just, like- we'll keep rolling.
2: Yep. I'm a professional. I'll keep, I'll keep going.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. So we're doing a podcast Do Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think you know a little bit about the podcast that we run. I think Brandy's I mean, t-
2: a little. Yeah.
0: Cause Brandy was on the podcast like three years ago.
2: Right. And, I remember
0: that. Yeah. And so we pretty much talk about anything and everything. We find interesting people and we just talk to them about the things they know or, or whatever. And oh. um, I like three weeks ago, I was like, oh man, we're going into spooky season. And I've wanted to do a paranormal uh, episode for so long. And so I just shot it out there. I was like, hey, Instagram world, anyone have any like, like spooky, scary stories and Brandy was like, Oh, you have to talk to Nate. And I was yeah. like, Oh, of course I have to talk to Nate. Because <laughs> I, I know that your history is rich when it comes to uh, the paranormal experiences.
2: <laughs> I mean, sort of. It's, it's, pretty, it's kind of strange, actually. But um, I mean, I definitely have a few stories. And we'll, however, you want to do this, we can dive into it. Well, I
0: mean, like, well, first introduce yourself. Like, who are you? What do you do?
2: Sure. Hi. I'm Nate Roberts. Um I do sales for a large roofing company, but mostly I go outside and play with my fiance. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're, you're engaged. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm engaged. Congrats, yeah. man. That's awesome. Thanks. It's exciting. She's pretty great.
0: She's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, she puts up with me, so I need to put a ring on it, right? <laughs>
0: No, that's awesome. Um, when did you get into, I mean, because you didn't have, now I watched some of those videos. You sent me some of those videos. Oh my
2: God. I it's, They're kind of a joke. They're so old, right? And they're kind of embarrassing. But that was after I'd been, you know, a paranormal investigator for, I don't know, probably three or four years or something like that. So I was fully in it. In those videos and at that time like anywhere from 15 to 10 years ago was when I was doing it like a lot like tons of investigations all in all the message message boards all you know I was you know kind of head over heels in that like paranormal investigation community if you want to call it that
0: so, well I mean I, I watch those shows and Ashley you can dive in here too I watch those shows um and those people always seem a little kooky to me, like those, Real. like those, like the paranormal people. They're always like a little off their rocker. But I've known you, <laughs> I've known you for a long time, and you're like the most straight shooter I've ever met. And to think that you're in a paranormal investigator, I want to say like, you probably approach a lot of this with a lot of skepticism. Like, like you're, um, you you don't dive in saying, okay, there's a ghost for sure. You're probably going in saying, well, I'm a skeptic first.
2: Exactly right. Yeah. Like, and and in a lot of those groups, you know, every town you'd be surprised how many little local paranormal groups there are. And in, I don't care what group you're in, there's easily half of them that are, you know, I would call it like trying to fit their narrative into something that isn't real. Like, so one noise is like ghost. Like, okay. <laughs> like, Calm down. Like this could be a ton of things, right? So it, I that part of it, it I did not like because I was super skeptical. And honestly, man, I just thought like haunted houses were fun and cool, and like I love scary movies. Like Brandy isn't a big scary movie fan, so like I'm Jones in Halloween season, right? So we're gonna watch a scary movie tonight. She I'm told go me. I didn't interrupt here because <laughs> I was a former guest, so I feel like I should have the moment to just say. Stop telling on me in front of the world. (laughs) I've asked him not to tell the world things that I do not like and things that I do like. Such a rag. Jeez. Comments from the rail will be accepted after the podcast. All right. So, I I
1: have two quick questions. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, first and really seriously, are you guys like the couple like like from the Conjuring? Is it the Conjuring? Yeah. (laughs) Were they like? Is that the goal here? Like, do you get like go and do exorcisms? And
3: yeah. that's not a serious question.
2: <laughs> those are the those are the Warrens. Yeah, yeah. That, all those movies are based on that actual real couple from like way back in. The, like the first paranormal investigators were the Warrens. What? Yeah. So that you know, the Amityville. If you guys ever saw that old yeah. movie, it was like loosely based on a ghost a paranormal investigation that the Warrens did at a house in, in Amityville. So, a little so how well, there.
1: how well, it sounds like, you know, a lot of the history and I've seen the, the movies. Like I've, I think I've seen all of them. Yeah. How well do the, does the dramatization and the Hollywood effect translate into the actual history that you know of, of, of what actually happened in those scenarios?
2: I'll tell you like, there's, um, there's like paranormal investigator, true believer rabbit holes. And then there's paranormal investigator, skeptical, rabbit holes, right? So Mm -hmm. um, in my view, actually the Warrens Warrens were just sort of regular people and these like fantastic experiences are ridiculously dramatized because they they had footage of their own, but it was like, you know, mostly audio um, and almost no like video evidence of anything whatsoever other than witness accounts. So it was kind of like, oh, I swear it's haunted. It's definitely haunted. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, it's haunted. It was it was so from a skeptic's point of view, like I need to see a video of like, you know, some crazy shit or yeah, I'm not going to yeah. believe it. Like that's just how my brain works. So it's really tough for me to believe, you know, any of that stuff. I mean I mean I believe people were having feelings of being scared and you know, who who knows what was happening, but no, that's not who we are as, as a couple. <laughs> <laughs> it's not
1: who you are yet as a yeah. couple. That's going to um,
2: take, uh, that's gonna, I don't know, to uh, <laughs> get there. That's gonna so,
1: step up. So my other question, I, I'm really interested in how you got to that place, right? Because there's probably, there's like a before and after. So we've had a lot of conversations with people who have had big transitions in their lives. A lot of that, like deconstructing faith and and you know having a big change in what they think and what they believe for you there's probably a before you know where you were maybe more skeptical or you you, and then there's an after where you're looking at things and you know putting things structurally in your life where you're looking for this and you're you know investigating this and trying to document this so what did that transition look like
2: So it isn't, um, super romantic. Uh, you know, it isn't very Hollywood at all. It actually, actually it is quite Hollywood because nothing, I had an experience when I was a a younger child, um, at my grandmother's house back in Missouri. And I don't know, you know, I was so young that it wasn't anything I could attribute to whether or not it was ghosts or whatever, but I definitely thought it was. So I, um, tiny recap, uh, I'm a little kid and I go to bed at night and I heard like whispering coming out of my pillow. What? It freaked me out. Like like someone talking to me and I remember vividly like screaming and my cousins were like, what's going on? I ran down the hall and got my mom and dad and I found, you know, that whatever – re- I was very young. But that like triggered me into this like world or whatever of what – of paranormal and it kind of hung with me ever since it didn't scare me so much as i was just really interested in it um but the real i have to be frank the true catalyst was like in the mid 90s when uh the show ghost hunters came out yeah like i and the reason that that really spoke with me is because those guys were like Back then, allegedly, you know, plumber by day, ghost hunter at <laughs> night, right? And they would show them in their Roto-Rooter van driving around. And I, and I was like, okay, well – and they would they would have full-on episodes where nothing happened. There was like some noise and they figured it out and then everyone went home. They're like, yeah, I don't really think this place is haunted. Now, I could get behind that because that skeptic scientist part of my brain, it was – appeased by that mentality and also the fascination with paranormal like you know it sort of joined them both together and really that's when I actually started thinking wow I can go do this and there's a group here I can get involved with and go start checking out some haunted houses because I I mean I just loved the idea of it Um, and it really started I think at that early age when that weird shit happened at grandma's house.
0: So you're based down in Arizona and you've been down there, is it your whole life?
2: No, um, but most of my life. So
0: Most of your life, and definitely during the paranormal uh, investigation, that, that definitely For took sure. place in Arizona. Would you consider that area um, like highly activity of paranormal activity there?
2: Yeah, so that part of the story is kind of romantic because when you think of um, towns like... Uh, you know, Tombstone or Goldfield. People sort of um, fantasize about towns like that, hotels, old saloons all being haunted, right? And you've had Um, the
0: opportunity to investigate some of those hotels and such in some of those areas?
2: Yeah, uh, we used to do a lot down there in those old mining towns that are like either off the map or just barely hanging on. We've got a town here called Jerome, we've got a town called Bisbee and of course Tombstone and then up on the Nevada border is Goldfield and these sort of towns are just there's so many stories out of them like this lady was seen here, this phantom was seen there and it makes you if you're in the into the paranormal you want to go check that out. So, yeah, we were able to do a couple different overnight investigations and Just like a little, it is pretty similar to the show in that you know whoever owns it will let you come in. What's not similar is usually you have to pay for that. What?
0: Yeah, you as an investigator have to pay to go do that. Yeah,
2: like the group would pay, you know, because they're really just the like if you own if you live in Tombstone and you own the Birdcage Theater, for example, the original building. I mean, it's a it's a museum now. And you can't just let some people run around in there at night. You don't even know who they are, right? So they have to have an employee there. They got to pay the employee. So it's usually situations like that, right? I know. And and like we've done old prisons and we did the OK Corral as well. And uh, we're able to stay overnight there. So these like sort of historically famous places were like high on the target list. But I would say about – that's about 80% of them. And then about 20% would be residential stuff, somebody's house or which, whatever.
0: Which one is more uh, interesting for you?
2: Man, the places with that are rich with history are way more interesting to me. Um, I thought that a lot of the residential investigations were actually a bit scarier. It just for some reason, a few of them felt very r- real. Really? Um, like the – you know, sometimes it just feels thick in the air or whatever and it was always on the residential ones. Um, and you know, we, we've had to, we've been able to do some really cool places. There's a lot of old abandoned mines and things and like ghost towns that aren't there anymore, but you can see foundations of buildings and things like that. So,
0: so do you feel like there's a, a separation between the, the ghost investigations that you do on the historic sites and the residential ones? I mean, is there like a difference in the you know the quote ghosts
2: yeah so all of the residential ones um people called us and you know we didn't have to pay for that so something was up and sometimes they're scared and sometimes they're um maybe just kind of excited about it like ooh i've got a ghost in my house it's actually pretty cool and <laughs> Uh, you know, for whatever reason, those ones felt like it, because we, we would set out to do investigations in Tombstone and Jerome and Bisbee. We would just make up, like, we want to investigate this. And it was all our effort to, to be able to set that up. But on the residential ones, you know, they're reaching out to us because they got some kind of problem or question or whatever. As far as, like, the type of, I mean, are you asking, like, if I thought the type of haunts yeah, like felt in, different. It,
0: it, Yeah. I mean, because like, I think of, I think of like the historic sites and like you you always, you know, you see the lady in red or whatever, and she's always in the window and she's always waving or this and that. But then I think of like a ghost in a house that is haunting, you know, a resident. I just, in my mind, it would feel very different. It just has a different feel altogether.
2: And that's what it felt to me, you know, because a lot of the homeowners would tell you pretty scary sounding stories. Like, someone was in my room while I was sleeping or whatever, and it freaked me out or, you know, really like horror movie type stories. And the ones that places we want to investigate, you're right. It's like lady in red who does the widow's walk every night at midnight. And sure, there's always this like, you know, romantic story. And it, it never feels ominous almost ever in those places. It just feels like what they would call a residual haunt, you know, things that are playing, almost on a record, like constantly. Whereas the um, residential ones had a more vibe of it's personal Ooh. against someone in that house or people or something like that. That was the, the feeling in the air in the difference.
0: Well, I'll, I'll tell you a little story. I um, bought a house earlier this year, the first house I've ever yeah. owned actually. And uh, I bought it on January 7th. And I remember driving to the house on the first night I was going to stay there. I, I had no furniture, I had nothing. I bought an air mattress, and I was coming back from uh, Meyer, which is like your Walmart, and uh, coming back from the store. And I just had this feeling like it just it was in me. I was just like, man, it, this house just doesn't feel, I don't know, it just felt different. And yeah. And I, I blow up the air mattress. I was it's a bi-level house when you walk in it goes up on the right side and down on the left side. And I was renovating the upstairs while I was gonna live downstairs. And I well, I, I it was late, it was probably ten thirty at night. I blew up the mattress and I'm laying there and I'm not kidding you, it it's it sounded like footsteps at first upstairs, and then it sounded like people were running. And then like Ooh. And then like the doors started like banging and I thought people were breaking what? in. What? I thought people were like breaking into the house. And so I had to go upstairs two or three different times to like click the lights on and there's nothing. There's no one there. And and like this happened like every night. Like every single night I was there. Wow. And and I'm like, man. So then I'm just like, I gotta get used to it. I just have to sleep. And and then a little later on I moved. Upstairs when the renovation was done, and uh, one night I went to sleep. I, I I I fell asleep, and it was very strange. Um, I had a I had a dream that the house was vibrating um, and also like glowing orange, and everything in me was like I have to leave. I have to go now. Like. I don't know if you've ever held something that vibrates to your head and your eyes like make, it's hard to see um, that it's, yeah. it's kind of like it was, it felt like I was hard to see and I was running through the hallway to get to the door and I turned right and there was just another hallway and I turned right and the hall. There was like, I couldn't find the exit and, and then I like woke up very randomly and I, it was like three 30 in the morning and I like went pee and I was, and then I went back to bed and I woke and then I woke up at like seven normal and I was like, it almost felt like it was real like i was trying to differentiate if it was like if that actually <laughs> happened or not and i'm so, i'm so glad i'm out of that house <laughs> like but
2: all the noises were real that you heard every, every night, right?
0: oh yeah the, all of that was and oh. it didn't
2: have like a common wall no one upstairs like no, no explanation
0: no no I, I lived alone in the house it was very it was very strange um i the best the best way i can explain it i felt like the house was breathing Like, it was, it it knew I was there. (laughs) But, so that kind of leads to one of my questions is, like, with all your experience, do you feel like these, these uh, spirits, these ghosts are are nefarious or, you know, Maleficent in ways? Are they, are they evil or do they want to cause harm or are they just there?
2: You know, I've never seen anything like that. We probably anything evil or nefarious or, you know, demonic or anything. We, I've never experienced anything like that. And we've done um, literally over those years, probably hundreds of them. So, no, I, I don't think that. And Now, that doesn't mean it isn't possible. So, so
0: it's just yeah. noises, typically.
2: Yeah. So, honestly, I'll tell you, all those investigations, um, if you count, video footage, um, still photography, and uh, audio recordings, the vast majority of what we would call evidence has been audio. Sure. Uh, So like electronic voice phenomenon, right, is really the only time, EVPs is the only time we've ever really caught anything where you can be like, holy shit, What, like true responses from nowhere, uh, right. from questions, you know, things like that. So I, I don't doubt that the sounds and the noises are what you're hearing. A lot of times the evidence, you don't even hear it though, right? So like that's kind of what EVP is. You ask a question, you don't hear anything. You play the tape back and there was a voice there. And you're oh,
0: like, that's How interesting. How did
2: that happen? And I don't understand that at all. And no one really can explain that. So uh, when you get one, it's just not, you know, a true skeptic would say that doesn't mean anything. Like you, I just heard noise. Like, what, you're saying that's proof of a ghost? No, that's just a noise I heard or an proof answer. Proof of noise, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, like, yeah. I, I'm a very scientific, logic-based person. But I yeah. also know, like, when I, like, I, I'll i be, I was downstairs sitting on my couch, and th- that I would hear something that would, like, it felt like, it sounded like something, fell over upstairs and like shook the house. And like, I could feel yeah. it. And, and then I like stop and I like listen and I look and I hit pause or mute on the TV. And I'm like, what was that? And I listen and listen And I was like, how' oh, it's probably nothing. And I was like, but something made the noise. Yeah. Something, something did. And I don't know yeah. what that is. And I'd walk around upstairs. There's no, I don't even have anything in the house. It's an empty house. So, I like it, it in my brain. I'm like, well, I'm also logical. So I'm, I'm not saying, Oh, you know, it's, it's a, you know, a poltergeist, but I, right. I also know it's <laughs> noise comes from something. And so it was, it was a very strange experience for me. Um, but did, did like, did you have any one experience that was like, Oh shit. Like this is it, for real.
2: Yeah. So over the years, I'd had a lot of like creepy experiences that more just had to do with the way I felt. Like I would tell you, sometimes the air felt heavy, Mm. you know, Mm. hair on the back of your neck, Um, more like I could never prove anything happened at all. But I just had these feelings. Um, But there was one instance here in Arizona doing an investigation at uh, the it's called the Vulture Mine. It's over in Wickenburg. And it was not an active mine at the time. It was very old, well, old for Arizona, 120 years or whatever, right? So um, and it was an abandoned mine. But they had a lot of buildings there, um, an assay office where you used to go to weigh your gold. They had like a a church, a school, very run down, like no roofs on all of them. And and, um, at that investigation, it was probably about one in the morning and we were all sitting in the assay office. A uh, very old, just rundown building. You can imagine no maintenance for 80 years or whatever. And we're in a little circle. There's like five of us, and we are doing what we would normally do: is we have video going, and we have some audio recorders recording, and we basically just ask whoever might be around to say hi or, you know, questions along that line. And um, like you, we heard footsteps. Uh, as a group collectively coming from one direction of the building it sounded like 15 feet away maybe and we 100% expected someone to walk through the door you know it would sound like boots on wood uh, it was all wood flooring and no one walked through the door but the footstep noise kept getting closer and closer and closer and it went like directly through our circle and when that and it was a constant walking it was crazy man and, and when it was like right at our feet one of the girls next to me was like she kind of tripped out like I, I need to I'm out I gotta get out of here and <laughs> me and another guy kind of grabbed her and was like you know no no this finally like this is what we're here for right and she stayed and but anyway the, the footsteps just kept going out the like side of the building there was a door there and there's no roof it's open sky so it's not like it came from above us there's no other buildings hundreds of yards away there's no basement and we have the audio of it um, but that experience was, and it's so you know I wish I could say that I got this great video of this ghost going into a tree, then tree comes alive and grabs us or some <laughs> shit, but that doesn't happen. That's all like on the TV shows, right? So you watch Brost Adventures or whatever. They those guys, uh, they legit have a paranormal experience every time they go out and do anything, and it's total bullshit. Like it's not reality. <laughs> <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of these, I have like one, you know. So that that experience at the vulture mine super memorable. Can't explain it. You know, is it a ghost? I mean, what do you call a ghost? You know, and that's a, probably another topic. Is what do you think about that? What do you think those noises in your attic are? Those dead ancestors? Okay, are, hold are on, they? hold on, hold on. This is yeah. the question I have for you, not for oh. you, for me. Is oh, what, damn. Do
0: you, what do you think this is? <laughs> that was actually a question I had. Right. Can I tell I you what I think it is? Hit me. What's that? So I think
1: it's people who are alive right now somewhere smoking DMT. <laughs> and then okay. moving from, you know, this reality into something else and then pushing through
0: you think it's it's people roll, on
1: r- roll that up and smoke
0: it heavy drugs <laughs> laterally I go look, over into so, other dimensions
1: I'm, I'm not i'm not speaking verbatim but i've heard stories about um people who people who have these like uh psychedelic experiences i don't know if it's dmt or whatever but then they see this certain type of wolf And uh, maybe we'll add something in the show notes as a fact check just around what some of these stories are. But they see this certain type of wolf uh, when they're having these DMT experiences. And these are separate people have reported these, you know, totally separate stories. Um, And it's really interesting. They found out there's this certain type of wolf that chews on this leaf that produces DMT. Um, So there are wolves tripping balls. And, and, you know, then there, so these people see these, well, there's just a strange connection that why would you see this wolf, you know, in these separate experiences? So I'm kind of just bullshitting, but that that's a, you know, a somewhat true story. Maybe that's what's happening. Maybe that's what paranormal activity is on some level. Maybe there's, you know, well, some we other know plane people, of that,
0: I mean, people definitely go to other places when they're, you know, on ayahuasca and, on all these, on all these crazy, on all these crazy drugs. I mean, I definitely believe. I, well, I don't know what I, I. I <laughs> there's more going on in this reality than what we can see and observe and hear. Like, there's more going on. Like, I, I'm a scientist first. I have to take empirical evidence first. But then I also know that there's stuff that we can't explain in any capacity. Yep. So what is it? Yeah. I know, I know what it's not. I have no idea. That's why I've called an, an expert on named <laughs> Nate Roberts to come on and talk to me and tell me what is what are these things? Are they gonna are they gonna hurt me? Are they gonna kill me?
2: You know the best answer is I have no idea either. I mean if you're being totally honest, no one you know really knows they may believe, but there's no proof of any of that, right So what do you believe is is the big answer you know and and what and what he said was true as well. It could be high as hell on drugs if if I had to give an opinion, I mean all of these potential you know definitions of what a ghost is are not any more fantastic than the next one. I mean, it's all, it's not like, Oh, that, that, that idea is crazy. Well, that one makes more sense. It makes more sense if it's my dead grandma, because that feels nice. You know, it feels nice to know that grandma might be watching me or if I feel scared at night, it's sure is easier if I just say maybe it's a, a demon or something like that. But for myself, you know, if I had, if you if you've made me guess what these things are, um, 50% of me says they're nothing, and it's in your brain, and the other 50% says that it has something to do with the science of consciousness or interdimensional travel. Something but see, like that. even
0: even something that lives in your brain, that is still by definition real. I mean, yeah. Yeah. We perceive and observe everything in our brains anyways. The entire, all of reality lives in our brains. Yeah. So if you are seeing or hearing something, I mean, technically, there is no differentiation between out there and in here, in my brain. So technically, right. it, it is real by definition,
2: yeah and it and it might be specific to just your brain exactly and so everyone else thinks you're nuts That's they're standing crazy. right next to you and you're saying <laughs> i see this i hear this or whatever and someone right next to you can't see or hear that that doesn't mean that it isn't real for you right. so um you know there's obviously i think the number one whatever you would call it uh, explanation is that it's people that have passed on right and I don't necessarily know why or pretend to know why people think that, um, but it it makes sense, you know, and it, it does feel kind of nice so we can tell ourselves that death isn't final. Right. There's something else afterwards. And well,
0: we are meaning making machines. whatever you want it to be like humans are meaning, meaning making machines. We are like we want to make meaning out of everything. And it's, I think it's important sometimes for us to sit in the unknown, like to sit in the unknowing, um, like in these areas where we don't know what is going on, we have to find meaning. And so Christians are like, oh, it's demons, you know, or angels, you know, and, and, uh, and, and people that maybe don't sit in those religious constructs, they're like, oh, you know, it's, it's people that have passed on. Maybe it's none of that. And maybe we have just no fucking idea what is really going on and maybe that's where we need to sit but we have like as humans we love to make meaning out of things and so sure. we're we're constantly searching for that and so yeah. I, think, I think it's important for us to sit in that unknowing
2: well you know life is empty and meaningless and <laughs> it's empty and meaningless that it's empty and meaningless <laughs> so we have to attach meaning to it right you've heard that before somewhere right I have definitely <laughs> heard that before
0: <laughs> Ashlyn what outside of DMT <laughs> <laughs> and, and <laughs> ayahuasca
1: <laughs> i'm just really interested in doing dmt I, I, I don't know i know you are i'm looking for any reason i can
0: <laughs> well we're gonna go down to arizona and uh sedona well actually nate i i went on a hike with you and brandy and another person and we went to jerome and yeah, we sure did. We went to the haunted hamburger and ate hamburgers. <laughs> I didn't know that you investigated the hotel in Jerome. Now, like that whole city is haunted, right?
2: Yeah, that's the story. I mean, uh, old mine town, uh, the hotel was a hospital turned to tuber- tuberculosis center, turned back into a hotel. Oh, it's a it's a really cool town just sliding off the top of this mountain. There's a mine at the bottom of it. There's mine shafts that run all, all in behind the buildings and everything. And uh, it was just gone. I mean, like 10 people lived there for 60 years and – then the hippies brought it back, and the art culture popped up and and now, you know they got a couple hundred people that live there. but there's a ton of stories in that town about ghosts. and so the paranormal investigations are pretty thick. I know Ghost adventures has been there. I don't know about ghost hunters, um, but they have, you know, nightly, Uh, ghost walks and and things like that in a town like that it overlooks Sedona in the background so people you know they think that it might feed off Sedona's vibes or whatever so super cool town so happy you got to see that did you experience any ghosts there (laughs) no I didn't and honestly I never have at a hotel so like I don't know what it is about hotels they want to tell everyone it's haunted So they keep heads in beds and and whatever. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I know that the Night Watchman there years and years ago fell down the elevator shaft. And it's one of those old Otis elevators. Oh, yeah. Super old school ones. And it, like, crushed him. And so they have this, like, chalk outline on the floor of where he was at. And so they really play it up. Yeah, they totally play it up. But I... You know, it's a it's a spooky town, man. I mean, just because I haven't seen anything doesn't mean that it isn't full of ghosts. I, you know, I have no idea. Uh, Ashley,
0: do, do you have any ghost stories? Yeah, I feel like you lived in a, a haunted house right next to a church. Um, that
1: house was pretty creepy. I think the creepiest part of that was I was alone. Um, I just lived there alone for a long time, and I was going through. I was in deep in depression and um had a lot of anxiety so yeah i i think in in that house i you know just felt that heaviness uh that you've talked about Nate probably the if i have a ghost story that's worth sharing probably the scariest one um and you can corroborate this mark you were there um Nate, I don't know if I missed this part when I stepped away. I am sorry. I don't know. Do you have any kind of spiritual background at all? Like not at all. Okay. Um, have you ever heard people speak in tongues?
2: No, just in the movies.
1: Okay. Not person, but you, but so you are kind of familiar at least from that perspective of what it would sound like or what, yeah. what that would be like. So, Mark and I, um, very very early in my uh, journey through Christianity uh Mark and I hung out a lot and there was this time, and I was probably 16 years old, Jeez. where um, I was convinced by Mark and others that I was possessed by a demon. Oh, um,
0: yeah. wow. Yeah. I, I want to <laughs> formally apologize
1: That's for okay. that <laughs> season so. in my life. So that's not even the, the whole the story here. So around that time, I don't know if it was before or after, but around that time, Mark and I um, were like hanging out playing ping pong in the youth building at oh, our church, which, God. which we did that a lot.
0: Oh, this um, story creeps me out.
1: <clears throat> so Mark oh. drove me home. Mark's a few years older than me. I was 16. Mark's probably 20, Twenty. Yeah. 21, something like that. Um, Mark drove me home and we were buddies. Like I said, I was like, he basically got me into the church and, you know, got me saved more or less. Um, uh, he drives me home and we go in, this is my mom's house. We go in and I check the answering machine and it's, you know, one new message. And what played was like five minutes of, You know that sound of like when someone's trying to mask their voice electronically? Yeah. That low tone, like, you know, it's definitely a not normal voice. Um, It was that speaking in tongues. (laughs) On the answering machine for five minutes. Um, And Mark and I both sat there and listened to this numerous times. He recorded it back then. I think Mark had a early razor or something. I don't even know. Like some old, you know, but this was before smartphones and stuff like that. Um, Mark recorded it, but yeah, we listened to this thing over and over and over. Um, I this thought it was, was
0: like some kind of other language. I was like trying to figure out if somebody mm-hmm. called it out accidentally. It, it, <clears throat> it was nothing that you could. It was there was no interpretation. It was, it was definitely. It was beyond, uh, it was beyond recognizable language.
1: Wow. Yeah. And that's probably the most, I mean, I think I've experienced other strange, very strange things, but that one, um, is the, probably the only time that I've had a direct like Mark, the guy sitting with us right now, talking, you know, we both witnessed this at the same time, and um, you know, it was it was very, very, very insane. And there's no way that a person, you know, I can't think of. I'm 16 years old. I don't have, you know, there's not like a kid at school who'd be like, "Hey, let's speak in tongues into an answering for machine five for five minutes," and it's with a voice decoder. Like, there's no other. There's no explanation. That I could ever come up with um, with that happening. So, what would you
0: do, Nate, if somebody like that called and said, "Hey, can you?" What's your take on this? Like, what what would be your take on that?
2: Well, first of all, like if you're in, in one of those groups or whatever, they would have to set. They would do a formal like interview with that person, and there's a list of questions that might sound like a little mean you know like what kind of medication are you on <laughs> really kind of personal questions like
1: yeah.
2: you know who knows if they tell you the truth obviously it's whatever they want to say they can say but you know we i, I always i wouldn't i wouldn't stay on a group if they didn't approach it like that like sure. let's let's weed out some shit you know who what kids are playing pranks right now like what it's so strange it's such an odd I mean, first of all, I've never had anything like that happen. I mean, no one's ever told me about anything like that either. That's a pretty cool, unique paranormal, you know, experience you had there. It sounds like it,
0: it's cool now, <laughs> talking about it now. Yeah. It, was, it was terrifying when you know, and then it's like, uh,
1: uh, all right, good night, buddy. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what, what do we do? Uh, see you later. Yeah, I you know, we didn't know my what mom. To do I think and just had to go and leave as a sixteen-year-old. Like, I, I, I don't even know how I handled that emotionally. You know, I just experienced that. My mom worked third shift, so I was home alone after that. Mark's oh, like, my. all right, got a long drive back to Lansing. Well, you I mean, know, like,
0: I've had <laughs> a lot of experiences personally. Like, I feel like some people have a higher propensity for those paranormal encounters than other people, and I feel like I'm my life is littered with those experiences um, from when I was a kid. But I feel like, as my life has gone on, they've kind of changed. I don't, I don't know, Nate, has, has Brandy told you the weird uh, encounter that I had with her when she was in Nepal? Um, when I she, don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I, see, like, I don't even know if this falls into the paranormal. I mean, it's beyond normal. Um, I, I, like, I had a dream. Like, this was, we had met once a few months back this is like 2015 brief and like brief meeting. And then the earthquake happened in Nepal. And I was like, I'm going to go and help. And she wasn't even going to be there. We were just setting things up. And I was a month away from heading to Nepal. And I had a dream that I was on an airplane and I had lost my backpack. And inside my backpack was like my license and my credit cards and everything. I just had lost it. And so I was searching the whole plane um, trying to find the backpack. And, and then I woke up and I hadn't, I hadn't found it. Um, I didn't find mm. it. I was just like, Oh man. But I was like freaking out because it was like my whole life was in that backpack. Okay. And so, and so then I was like, Oh man, and I was like, well, you know, it's just one of those weird dreams. And so then I just, I messaged Brandy and I was like, Hey, I had a weird dream. I lost my backpack. I had my credit cards and everything in it. And in all caps, she responded, she goes, you've got to be kidding me. And she's like, I was just paragliding. And um, somebody broke into the little locker and stole my backpack that had my credit cards and license and everything. And like, if you do the time difference, like I was sleeping when it was happening on the other side of the planet. And oh. so, and so it was just like this moment of, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just telling you about a weird dream. And she's like, no, that actually happened to me as I was dreaming. So like my whole life is, I feel like it's just littered with these weird paranormal experiences, stuff from that to the house to, I, like, I lived with a friend, Nate, that there was this old lady named Victoria that visited me in my dreams, and she opened cabinets downstairs when we were sleeping. Just weird stuff. Wow. Man.
2: Wow. You've had a lot, <laughs> and, and and I've heard that before, that, um, you know, a lot of those groups, like I said, they would have a lot of, uh, you called them, I don't know what you called them, a little little bit off, a little... little slight towards the insane side but yeah. there's a ton of uh self-proclaimed psychics in that world right um that are on these groups and um you know those are the people that are always everything is always this it's always ghosts it's always and it was the psychics that always told me that Well, you know, you could do this too if, you know, like anyone can do this. Anyone can be this way. And I resented that. Like I'm trying to see these ghosts and things. You know, I I hated when she told me that. But if you are going to be skeptical about it, I mean, we don't know shit about our brains really. So – I believe that that is certainly a possibility that some people have activated certain parts of their brain to be able to be more sensitive or receive or give off any kind of whatever you want to call it, paranormal stuff. So I, I think that's absolutely a possibility for sure.
0: Yikes. Well, you can have mine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean yours sounds a little hyperactive. I well, think well see,
0: too- I also I, – I, I mean like the stuff with I, – I, I go through these windows now. I don't, I don't even know if I would call them – Uh, paranormal experiences but I go through these seasons I call them thin seasons where I feel like the veil of reality is stretched thin and I kind (laughs) of peer through to the other side and it's just weird weird things that happen but like do you think that's that's related to what's going on in the paranormal world I mean because it's all just so weird to me man (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well,
2: that's why they call it paranormal. I really like the word paranormal because it encompasses like everything. Everything could be freaking aliens for all we know doing <laughs> experiments on us. That's probably the most possible one, you know. I, oh God, the, it could really be so much. And I like I like when people say paranormal, and you know, people call me have called me ghost a ghost hunter before. Like, no, Nate's a ghost hunter. I I kind of don't like that because I don't necessarily think that that's what that is is a, a ghost and then you got to talk about well, what do you think a ghost is and have that whole conversation again yeah but i, I like the the word paranormal because it, it's just unknown like you said we don't know we don't know what we don't know and we don't know a lot
1: like, nate, nate did you listen to uh our episode on simulation theory
2: no brandy mentioned something about that mm-hmm. um, like good one matrix style shit what,
1: yeah. yeah so if i'm being if i'm being really honest about my opinion it's not the dmt thing i think that most of this probably ties back to that that yep. you know that there's some it, you know the the odds are based on everything in that episode i encourage you nate and then anyone listening to go back and listen to that if you haven't it's a good one there's a very good chance um scientifically logically
3: yep.
1: um all the evidence points to we are probably in a simulation
0: we are most likely
3: in Prob- some probably kind of simulation being,
0: that we don't understand yeah, like probably then, being like one in billions that this is base reality but yeah very continue. very very slight
1: chance that this is the base reality that, that we're talking and yes. living experiencing right now if that's the case I would imagine that you know any simulation no matter how advanced it is has mm-hmm. some kind of problems you know things that happen that shouldn't happen you know things that uh you know you just any kind of program you know and that's what our brains relate to is like programming and video game is the the most obvious illustration to draw but there's always things that shouldn't exist boundaries that get broken that that shouldn't be broken and then when that happens you see things that you shouldn't see and experience things you shouldn't experience um that's my, my honest opinion, my very, very novice, honest opinion is that that, that, you know, that that's somehow tied in and related in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know, there's, there's probably more of that than, um, anything else.
2: Yeah. I think back when I was doing a lot of the investigations, that particular theory really never came up and it, you know, hearing you explain it, and I've, I've heard it since, <clears throat> but I think it was sort of released by pop culture, like shows like The Matrix and Dark City and these other movies that are actually really cool. When you really start thinking about it, like you said, the chances that this is base reality, I can see how that's, you know, pretty far-fetched, right? So- well, yeah, you oh. have to
1: do – when you just do the math, like, oh. you know, either either the entire human <laughs> race is oh. wiped out. That's, you know, that's one possibility, right? Everything's gone. Um, or, <laughs> the three
0: postulates.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or um, civilization eventually gets so advanced that we run lots of simulations, uh, you know, in different ways, in different styles, for different reasons. And if that's true. What are the, uh, what
0: are the chances that this is the so this is the base reality that's running yeah. the simulation versus just the world? Just, yeah. Just
1: non-existent. Yeah, there, there's
0: just no way. So it's, it's a it's it's a conversation that will lead us down a very dark hole. For is that is
2: that similar to like uh, you know we're ants in an ant farm? Kind, yeah, of. kind of. It's
0: yeah. it, it's it's kind of it's kind of similar, <laughs> except for uh, there's no ants and there's no farm, uh, and even <laughs> and even brains are the simulated. So everything is simulated. So it's not not even like the Matrix where the human is. Found outside of the computer program being fed for energy. No, there's the even the brain is simulated, which you can like you your can, consciousness. You, you can simulate beautiful. consciousness. You can do that. Um, mm-hmm. But we this is this is I mean really really quickly. If everything was a simulation, that would explain UFOs, aliens, the pyramids, uh, basically everything we can't explain right now. All get everything gets explained. That's like the theory of everything,
2: all in one shot. Um, mm. See, there's so much in the brain, right? Like so much. Why, like, if if we take it back to the spooky episode, we're talking about ghosts. Like, if you take about, like, if you think about that, like, the possibilities that it's something that is created in our own minds yeah. is very high. It's very high. No matter what, you know, if it's a simulation, if it's just some unlocked part of your brain, if it's you know, and you could. Who know we could manifest things with our brains maybe who knows that's not oh, impossible. we do
0: that's right I mean you could
2: you could you know you if you're going to be you know scientific about it and, and we know how much about our brains ten percent eight five Four. so Four. what if, what if we knew a hundred percent and you could literally project an image of a ghost into a room that everyone around you could see and you're doing it with your brain right it's not impossible uh, so you know this idea of them being dead spirits, okay, uh, like people that have lived but prior, is it their consciousness? Is it our brains? Is it, there's so many things. Like, it seems much more reasonable to me that it's in our brain. Oh yeah, <laughs> somehow.
1: But then there's our those brain. shared experiences that you know, and that's that makes that pre- really challenging. That's and, a good point. You know, yeah. like the one Mark and I had, and the one you had with you know the the people with the footsteps you know and with
0: me and brandy and with me and like ah, 10 other mm-hmm. people and yeah it, there's some weird ones there
2: man i love talking about this stuff
0: <laughs> been a while no happy it's, halloween yeah we <laughs> yeah this is the night before halloween we're recording this this is perfect honestly um well nate thank you for coming on yeah. and sharing these experiences uh i think we should have you back on i think we should talk some other stuff too because this is this has been a lot of fun
2: Yeah, when you guys uh, have a creation episode, I'm into that shit. Give me a call back.
0: Ooh, creation episode. How much do
1: you? How much do you know about cryptozoology, Nate?
2: <laughs> Bigfoot stuff? Yeah. Uh, you know, these uh, the paranormal world bleeds into that one. There was uh-huh. always a few of those MC? guys around.
0: Simulation explains that too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> explains it all. Uh huh. It's Uncle Jim in a costume. I think
0: oh, so. that's awesome! All right, well, thanks, man. I really appreciate you coming on.
2: No problem. You guys have a great night. Thanks again.